Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and mm, so good. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Bring the family. Bring your friends. There are always wonderful new pictures to see, delightful snacks to nibble, a gay, pleasant evening for all. Oh, a word of caution. Don't drive over 10 miles an hour in the theater area for your safety's sake. And mom or pop, go with the kids when they leave the car. We hope you have a wonderful time. Come back soon. because you are sane. Do you know what madness is or how it strikes? Have you seen the demons that surge through the corridors of the crazed mind? Come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my world. Let me lead you into it. No power on earth can exercise the terror from scum of the earth. Okie dokie, folks. I'm Frank Bonacci, and I'm the scum of the earth. So it's August 1979. My mom is almost fully dilated. I'm just funny. Yeah. I'm not going back that far this week. So, uh, I watched Black Adam this weekend, so, you know. First new movie I watched in the new year. But it's not the first 2023 movie I've seen, though. Oh, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> that's okay. We're having a thunderstorm right now. My dog's just cowering right now. Towns, towns. What kind of dog is it? Um, She's a mutt. She's oh. like, yeah, she's like, looks like a stunted German shepherd. Mm. Mine's a Chihuahua mix. Yeah. Mutt. Where was yeah, I? It's okay. I could work through it. You know, uh, because I it's on <laughs> okay. we're, we're recording on two separate tracks, so I could keep going. Okay, sorry. Okay. Where was I? So a few months back, I interviewed Kansas Bowling and okay, let me take you behind the curtain of that interview. Okay, in short, I was shitting my pants. In terms of airing order, that's the third episode of Scum, but in reality, it was the first to be recorded. And the day before, I had one of those, okay, you know how we just go through the motions and let causality mindlessly nudge us through our comings and goings? But every now and again, your higher brain functions come online and go, excuse me, what is it you think you're doing here? And then it becomes second guess of Belusa and the old noggin. Like, what am I doing? I'm just going to start interviewing people? Strangers at that? This isn't my beautiful car. This isn't my wife. Is that how it goes? Talking head song? I don't know. Why do you think John from Zoning Out was here? I needed an adult. Oh, and that clarity stuck around for the entirety of that interview. 
It was never-ending flop sweat and shame spiraling. I got through it. I thanked, apologized to Kansas for coming on, who's a great sport, by the way. And then she gave me a screener to her new film, Cuddly Toys. You've heard the ad if you've been hanging around the channel for a little while. I was completely blown away by it. I had Kansas on because I enjoyed BC Butcher and well, because she actually said yes. But the difference between Cuddly Toys and that movie or the difference between shooting a bullet and throwing one. I said as much in an email afterwards where I was just totally gushing over it. This wasn't some goofy bit of genre pastiche. Not that that's bad. I would have been fine with that, really. What I saw was the work of a true artist that was bursting at the seams with ideas. It wasn't 2023 yet, but I think I saw my favorite film from it. A pastiche sounds like it should be some kind of flaky pastry. You simply must go to Tangiers. The pastiche there are heavenly. Anyway, Black Adam wasn't that good. Thank you. From the film Cuddly Toys and the author of Rhododendron Rhododendron, that's fun to say, and co-author of the genuinely hilarious pre-written letters for your convenience and director of the upcoming Mondo Hollywood 2, Miss Parker Love Bowling. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So question about uh, Rhododendron. Did yes. you ever get to meet Frederick Sedell? No. Um, <laughs> actually, over the summer, this last summer, I went to his house again and his like caretaker came out. It seems like he's in bad health, but I don't know. But we dropped off a copy of the book. I haven't heard from him, so. Oh. <laughs> to explain what I'm talking about, in the book, Rhododendron, there's a poem where you talk about, when I interviewed Kansas, like she, you guys tend to, it sounds like you guys tend to be like super fans, where you like go all in on, when you're fans of something, you go all in. Yeah, I think that's very true with us. But with Frederick Seidel, what I did was, he has this book called Uga Booga, which is, I think, the best poetry book of all time. And it's it's pretty current. But I basically just jotted down like every location he names in it and then went to each one searching for him and like hung out Upper West Side for like a very long time, just like hoping to run into him, but never did. I'll preface this by saying something I did to meet a person I'm a fan of was I was making a movie and mm -hmm. a filmmaker I'm a fan of had a merch store and they had like t-shirts they designed on it. So I wrote them asking if I could use the t-shirt. So essentially to have that opening, the oh, now that the t-shirt's in the movie, maybe you'd want or watch the movie just because I just wanted like as a fan mm -hmm. I'd like them to see like something I made future Frank here tune in next week and you'll hear the filmmaker in question I'm speaking of hmm hmm all right I'm gone so what is something that you've done similar it's like to meet somebody you're a fan of hmm well I mean I don't really have any shame about reaching out to people I do it quite often and I've actually become good friends with a lot of people we've done that too but I don't know about anything specific like that because with Frederick Seidel it didn't quite work out but <laughs> yeah see I'm like afraid so I have to come out with like a weird Machiavellian plan instead of just asking people which you'd be surprised that most people just be like hi how you doing like I've become yeah. friends with that director since and I told him that story he's like why'd you do that you just gonna sit wrote me and said hi <laughs> yeah <laughs> how long have you been collecting poems for the book um well the oldest one in the book I think I wrote when I was like 15 and then the newest one in the book would have been like around January of 2022, like right before my deadline. So it's basically a decade wow. of poems collected, but uh, from all over the place. Not chronologically. Oh, it's, no, no, it no. seemed like it was more thematically kind of flow like that you went with it. Yeah. Like when I handed my sister the original manuscript, she said something like, yeah, I can tell like how much you've evolved. Like your new poems are so good. And then she sent me like the oldest one as an example of like a new one. And I was like, no, 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 you got it. <laughs> but I guess that's good that I was writing poetry at wow. 15 that it's good enough to warrant being in a book.
Where did your love for poetry come from? Well, I think Frederick Seidel is the best poet of all time. But what started it for me was a book of D.H. Lawrence poems. D.H. Lawrence. Oh, I know D.H. Lawrence. He's primarily a novelist. Like he wrote Sons and Lovers and um, a bunch of stuff like that. But his Lady Chatterley. You know, what? I'm not so sure because I his books to me, they bore me a little bit. But Mm. I think his poems are really great. Also, in you wrote a lot of asides in the book Cuddly Toys, where you would either contradict or co sign something your sister had written about mm-hmm. and i love the back and forth there that's my favorite element of that it's just like because it reminds me of my wife and her sister where they're yeah, just it's like reading kinda, basically a sibling fight <laughs> that's what it's that's what it reads like it's just like the way they fight it's funny how sisters fight my wife and her sister are always just like they'll say the most horrible things to each other and be like love you love you too it's like what just happened yeah <laughs> one minute later they'll be like laughing harder than they've ever laughed at something <laughs> now you're also making a film Mondo Hollywood 2, which is a sequel to the 1967 Mondo documentary, Mondo Hollywood. Yeah, it's it's called uh, Son of Mondo Hollywood. Oh, is that what it's called? Wow. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? It's mentioned in the book, Cuddly Toys, that you guys ran into Robert Carl Cohen, the director of that. Yeah, there was a screening at LACMA that Kansas went to, and he mentioned some interest in doing it, but he's like, oh, I don't have the time. And I guess Kansas kind of like offered me up. I would love to. But he was basically like, we'll see if I like it or else you got to call it something else. But it's not done yet. So I don't know if he'll like it yet. <laughs> now, that film focuses on like the fringe of L.A. at the time. And also just a, just because of when it was made, like a very mm-hmm. specific time in America where a lot of changing attitudes. What are you hoping to focus on in this one? Like what how do you define now? Well, that's a hard question for me because I feel like I'm not so immersed in whatever is happening now to really have a good grasp of it. But I wanted to capture like the last parts of like that real eccentric Hollywood. Yeah. Like there's there's like these Hollywood figures that are kind of like dying out. Oh, is there any people that in the first one that show up in this one? No, not yet. We had to take kind of a break due to the pandemic because a lot of these people were older and we couldn't be interviewing them. But we're just getting it started back up again. But before we had some really great people on, like we did Ivy Nicholson, who was uh, a supermodel in the 50s turned countess, turned Warhol superstar, and then was homeless for like better half of a decade and now is like just getting back on her feet kind of thing. I just read it. It's so funny you mentioned that name because I'm reading a book, uh, The Ghastly One, uh, about uh, filmmaker Andy Milligan. And she's mentioned a bunch in that book. Yeah, because she, she was married to um, John Palmer, who oh. did like a Chow Manhattan. Are you editing this too? Um, I am. There's not an edit yet. It's, it's still in the early stages. We have like 13 people we've done. So we're going to edit it and then see like what's missing because I guess what's missing what's different than the first one is it's not really like the young scene in Hollywood you know like is that something that doesn't interest you well there's no like influencers or like improvers right yeah that's they're well covered with social media and YouTube like they have their outlets they're fine they don't need another more exposure and then I didn't also, I also didn't want to do anybody too obvious or like too Hollywood that's monopolized too much. So I wanted to do kind of like, not that they're forgotten, but just underrepresented. Known. Yeah. Like more underground Hollywood celebrities. You guys have fringy tastes. Like where did like your taste, why do you gravitate towards the fringy or stuff? So do I. So that's why I'm, in, I'm always interested in how people like get to that point. Well, when we were younger, like a lot of the films that I watch now would have been like super hard to find but now with like streaming and everything it's 
easier. But what I do if I watch a movie and I'm like, didn't know about an actor in it, I'll look at their body of work and then be like, oh, here are the movies and their body of work that look really cool. Especially with phones now, like I barely watch movies anymore. I watch a movie, but I'm really just Googling everybody in it. And then it's like, I don't even know if I've actually wound up watching the movie by that point because I've gone to, I've written down so many things like, oh, I want to see this too. And I want to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my I have like so many tabs open on my phone of me doing that. Just like movies, movies, movies that I have to track down. I actually closed tabs the other day the first mm-hmm. time in God knows how many. It's like, how long has it been? Well, apparently there was like 200 and change tabs. <laughs> it's like, I was like, wow, I should clean this up more often. <laughs> now there's a short you working on too, Cole. I asked about this uh, email because I saw like something you'd... Uh, uh, maybe an interview about it. I'd seen you talk about uh, Lady Crucifixion. Yeah, uh, Our Lady Crucifixion. Our Lady Crucifixion. What's that about? It's more visual. It's kind of like a psychedelic ode to like Alan Robbie Grillet and like his films or something of the sort about detectives trying to reenact a crime, but then it keeps cutting back to the crime, but they reenact it using a blow-up doll because that's what people actually do in Russia. So I kind of read about that and was like, oh, that's really interesting. For real? Well, not necessarily a blow-up doll, but like a dummy. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> or some kind of thing, but they'll like reenact a crime using- A blow-up like doll a is dummy. interesting though. Like in- <laughs> thematically, that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically I read about that and then thought it was an interesting concept. So it's kind of just like a visual reenactment of that. It's not entirely plot-driven. What are some of your favorite filmmakers? Jerry Schatzberg, definitely. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I love him so much. I want to give him a cuddle. Like he's just so perfect, and I really like Alan Robbie Grillet, who's well. He was he's a he's a writer. He's a French writer, but he makes all these really weird sexual films. My favorite film, like ever, is Successive Slidings of Pleasure, which is a movie he did in 1974. What's it called? Successive Slidings of Pleasure. No, I've never seen it. It's it's great. You should watch it for sure. I'm writing it down. <laughs> and uh, Sam Peckinpah, mm. Straw Dogs is like one of my favorite movies. Oh, I'm I, I'm squeamish about that movie. Oh, I love it. I think it's amazing. I love Wild Bunch and I Alfredo Garcia. I love, but Straw mm-hmm. Dogs. I mean, Susan George is amazing in it. She's uh, great. I'm a fan of Susan George. So I've, like in Mandingo and Dirty Bear and Crazy Larry. That's another great film. Yeah, in. I love that movie. Yeah, but that one, I, I'm like, ah, I can't. Oh, I love that movie so much. It's like it's kind of like my happy movie. <laughs> like, it's a I'll brilliant film i'm feeling down and i'll feel better <laughs> um that's, that's how yeah. i am with nightmare and elm street movies it's like uh, it's like let me just watch this guy kill kids <laughs> this, is, this is soothing other than that ken russell i really love ken russell I love ken russell yeah and uh, Nick Rogue. Oh, oh, it's funny. I I, was, I mentioned Nick Rogue because I said to Kansas, I said You're, the editing in Cuddly Toys reminded me of Nick Rogue, like mm-hmm. in Don't Look Now and. Uh, yeah, Don't Look Man. Now is one of my favorite movies. Don't Look Now is fucking dope. I love Don't Look Now. Uh, that's my favorite of his. I and I've. I didn't get, it's weird. I watched The Man Who Fell to Earth when I was a teenager and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, you know, you, I watched it too young, so it kind of tainted it for me for a lot of years. And then I rewatched it relatively recently and I was like, oh, okay, I got you. This is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think he's, I mean, he's the best cinematographer of all time, I think. Editorially, he he was one yeah. of my favorites. Like, uh, that's Robbie Mueller. Him and Robbie Mueller. Weird that he made The Witches. He made The Witches. That was like such a weird one that it's like, that's it. I, I only found that out recently because it was like, did the remake? And I'm like, who directed the first one? I'm like, wait a minute, Nicholas Rogue did The Witches? That's so weird. I haven't rewatched it as an adult, but uh, we used to watch it all the time when we were little. So I guess that was probably my first experience with him. But probably we loved mine it. too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah i think i think his movies are super beautiful i love track 29 that's like kind of a, a weirder one you like bob fossey yeah i love star 80 so much but star um, 80's I, amazing. I haven't seen lenny or um all that jazz i haven't seen all that jazz okay, listen either. To me. Listen. okay i will okay i will watch your film but you <laughs> have to go and watch all because that's literally my favorite film of all time mm-hmm. that it's so good i love when filmmakers are basically like here Here's how I'm fucked up. Enjoy. <laughs> That's my favorite kind of filmmaking. Yeah. I mean, Star 80s is an amazing movie. And I really want to see Lenny because I love Dustin Hoffman. I think he's my favorite actor. Oh, well, he's this is probably his. Uh, eh, maybe. Not, I mean, debatably, it's, it's probably his best work. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's great in, in Lenny. Mm-hmm. Who are some people you'd like to work with? I really want to work with Hal Hartley. Wow. Um, Hal Hart- yeah. <laughs> There's actually, I quote him in my book. I sent him a copy and he read it. I think his movies are really great. I think they're very original and um, witty and um, sharp. I really like them. I would also really like to work with Abel Ferreira. I would really like to work with Abel Ferreira. What's your favorite Abel Ferreira movie? Miss 45. Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, I'm, I'm a bad lieutenant boy through and through. I love bad lieutenant. Yeah, I just watched that last week, actually. Not for the first time, but I rewatched it. <laughs> A weird movie he directed. He directed this vampire kids movie with Jonathan Lipnicki at one point. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, little vampire with Jonathan Lipnicki, and it's like, wait, Abel Ferrara. T- <laughs> it's so weird when like these directors who are like who did the stronger stuff in the seventies like do these weird kids movies. And I guess like uh, I would really like to work with. Paul Thomas Anderson. I like made a list one time of like directors I would like to work with that are like still going because obviously a lot of the ones I admire aren't around anymore. But mm-hmm. so you're saying you'd like to work with these guys and actors that your favorite thing to do is act? Well, yeah, I mean, writing and acting. Directing? Not not for you? Not for you? Or is well, that I like it, but I don't have that much experience. I'm actually working on my first feature right now, like getting it off the ground. Narrative feature. Narrative feature. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a biopic. So it's taking a lot of time to just do the most accurate research is there a Um, state you have to clear it through um well i'm working closely with them oh okay but i won't say who yet i i was i assume that (laughs) you're playing the pronoun game with it i'm like i guess we're not getting that answer um Uh. but yeah so i'm just i've been basically just working on like writing and researching every day i the person who's it's about i met with her widow so it's a she no (laughs) yeah it's it's a she like uh continuously the last three years we became really good friends and he's actually um, played a bit part in Kansas's new movie, which she's working on right now. Um, so I'm just kind of working on the script daily, kind of driving myself crazy about it. So you were you were in Cuddly Toys, but you were also there for a lot of the shooting. What's some of the crazier things that you witnessed? Oh, so many. Um, <laughs> I know I read the book, but I just want to see from your perspective what it. Well, did you actually clean the poop up or did you leave it like she said? There was a part, of, I'm sorry, I, there was a part in the book where <laughs> uh, you were watching uh, you were dog sitting and the dog pooped and then you come in and correct her. i cleaned it up i wouldn't clean it i wouldn't leave poop on the floor oh yeah kansas was watching this dying dog that like shit and pooped everywhere and she's like it's dying i'm just gonna you know leave it and then i had to clean it up because she wouldn't do it oh, if this yeah. is the story we're talking yes, about yes it is the story we're talking okay. about because you came in it's just like we just left it on the floor and you just came in in, in an annotation like <laughs> no i cleaned it up well, yeah, I would never just like live in shit. <laughs> but yeah, the book you're talking about is A Cuddly Toys Companion, which goes yes. with the film. And I wrote the footnotes for it. And because Kansas has a tendency to exaggerate my meanness, if you could call it that. I'm sure. 
And I bet if <laughs> I bet if she's being interviewed somewhere, she's saying the same exact thing about you, probably. No, she just she just made me sound like a brat. So I just had to tell <laughs> myself just a little bit. Um, but the craziest scene probably in Kylie Toys that I was there for, I know they went through like a lot of weird shit in New York, but more, more behind the scenes stuff, not really with the actors. But the Las Vegas scene was pretty difficult just because it was just complete guerrilla shooting, like right on Fremont Street with that everyone was... watching, pretending like some chick's dead. But in Las Vegas, anything goes. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, you didn't, have, of course you didn't have permits or anything. So you're just running and gunning it. Mm -hmm. Film or video for you? Do you like working with film or do you want to work with, do you want to work with film in your narrative film? And um, your narrative yeah, feature? just because I want it to kind of look like Gloria, the John Cassavetes movie. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like stylistically what I was going for because I really love that scene where she's on the subway and it's like all grainy and shaky. So yeah, definitely film. Um, Mondo Hollywood is actually digital just because with documentary stuff, when you're just like constantly rolling, trying to get gold, it's just a lot more economic. How but... did they do it in the film days with documentary? Mm -hmm. Like you had to be very precise. It's just mm -hmm. like, and documentary work just isn't that. So you just keep rolling and rolling. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I'm, I love Penelope Schwerez who did all the decline of Western civilization. Suburbia and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised like she, I mean, you you have to like imagine what they didn't capture on film because they ran out. Like that's probably when like the most crazy shit went down. That, that's a lot. Those, both of those are fucking wild mm -hmm. docs. I haven't seen them in decades, but I remember like saying like, this is crazy shit. <laughs> that's one of the, <laughs> one of the best rock, like documentaries about that scene, mm -hmm. those scenes that they ever did. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think she, she's awesome. And now a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the good folks at Far West Press and Maverick indie filmmaker Kansas Bowling. We go way back with Miss Bowling, don't we guys? Yes, sir. As the time of this recording, about one week. First up, for those who hate writing letters, there's pre-written letters for your convenience, pre-written by Kansas, alongside her sister and frequent co-conspirator Parker Love Bowling. A series of increasingly specific and absurd letters that are meant to be cut out and sent to the people in your life. If you're like me, and I know I am, this book will tickle your funny bone and caress your aching knees. Next up is the companion book to Miss Bowling's upcoming film Cuddly Toys, the aptly named A Cuddly Toys Companion. All kidding aside, I was shown a screen of this film, and it is nothing short of a masterpiece. Oh, don't worry, folks. You're gonna hear a you're gonna hear a lot more about this film from me in the coming months. I was genuinely floored by it. This book follows the harrowing and often hilarious adventures Kansas and crew went on in making this soon-to-be classic. If you love film, filmmaking, and crazy behind-the-scenes stories, this book delivers all that in spades. And fret not, you needn't be familiar with Mrs. Bowling's over. How do you say over? Am I saying over right? Over? Yeah. You don't need to be familiar with Miss Bowling's over <laughs> to enjoy this pair of books. You must simply be of unusually high intelligence and distractingly attractive, which is how I see our audience in my mind's eye. But now is your chance to prove it with action by heading on over to farwestpress.com and picking up pre-written <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers and picking up pre-written letters for your convenience and a cuddly toys companion. While you're out, check out kansas-bowling.com to see what goings-on she's up to lately. You'll be supporting our shows by supporting our new sponsors, Kansas Bowling and farwestpress.com. Thank you for listening, folks. I love you. I think I got it. Mondo Hollywood, it was weird seeing, because I watched it for this interview because I'd never mm -hmm. seen it before. And it was weird seeing JC bringing it. It was just like, cause I'd never like, yeah. I, uh, and it's also weird that like Ram Dass is in it before he's Ram Dass. That's crazy. 
that mm-hmm. I read that and I was just like, that's that's so weird. Those two mm-hmm. worlds collided. Uh, oh, speaking of Manson. So I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch of times. How did you get into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Well, we went to a 25th anniversary screening of Reservoir Dogs at the Ace Theater downtown. And we just went up to Quentin and we go, don't we look like Manson girls? Because the movie was just announced that he was going to do it. Um, but it was in the very early stages. And he just goes, you know what? I will make sure you guys are in the audition room. And then, of course, like we totally thought like it was offhand and he'd forget. But like nine months later or something, like we get a call to like come audition. So that was really crazy and unexpected. Amazing that he held that he held on to that because like because oh, mo- yeah. you know everybody's full guy. of shit because <laughs> most people are full of shit and they go yeah definitely and then it never happens <laughs> like especially in this business yeah uh, yeah we've experienced a lot of that too but he he's a really good guy and he has a fantastic memory so <laughs> that's great oh and the stunt the guy who gets punched by brad pitt wound up being in cuddly toys oh yeah he's also um we also filmed him from mondo hollywood like oh him, that's awesome him and his one of his stuntman friends like riding horses and um, taking care of sheep and stuff like that. So you guys became friends uh, over the course of shooting that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's hilarious. And he's an amazing actor. I would recommend him to anybody. I think he's so talented. Yeah, so we could find Rhododendron, Rhododendron at Far West Press alongside the Cuddly Toys Companion and pre-written W's kill me (laughs) pre-written letters for your convenience which by the way we didn't really get into is hilarious and the fact that you guys wrote that when you were kids is real it's a very sophisticated humor (laughs) for when did you guys write that how old were you like respectively well pre-written written letters for I did the same thing you did it's hard (laughs) (laughs) pre-written letters for your convenience is a collection of these pre-written letters that Kansas and I wrote when we were like eight and eleven or probably to we like over the course of a few years so what it is is you can cut out letters and send them so you don't have to do the dreaded task of letter writing you can just use these pre-written letters except they're all very specific so you might have trouble finding your the exact use for them but uh they're meant as a joke oh they're (laughs) hilarious yeah it's really funny was that just like a thing you guys just you guys are just doing it for fun just like yeah let's just write like weird notes for each other like how did that start like that little weird hobby that's a good question i'm not sure i completely remember i just remember always like leaving them on each other's beds and stuff like that (laughs) but then after a while we were like oh let's work on our let's work on our letters and we would just sit there and doing it like it was more serious for whatever reason like i don't know what we thought we were going to do with them so you're in bc butcher was that the first thing you ever worked acted in i think maybe like uh i tried to be a child actor (laughs) (laughs) or like my parents tried to make me a child actor but didn't really pan out i was on like um on some canceled bob saget show for like a couple episodes really i I wasn't like speaking or anything but um Yeah, I think that might have been, but I'm not really in it either. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was like 15. It was just like being shot in our backyard. So I was just around. She seems embarrassed by the film, but it's like you you were kids making that movie. And that's like what's so charming about it is like it's amazing film for like a very sophisticated film. Again, like pre-written letters. It's a very sophisticated sensibility (laughs) for somebody that young. I mean, I think it's funny. It's very funny. I, I brought up to her like that Cato Kalen part. Me and my wife always say like as a goof uh, when we embrace like, ah, memories. 
<laughs> yeah, well, he was he was mostly just like winning it. He was just uh, ad libbing everything. I, I could it was it felt like you guys are just rolling, and he was coming up with gold in that those scenes. Yeah, and he's like drinking out of a plastic water bottle and piercing the time. Yeah, I love the little anachronistic stuff that happens, and it's just like ah, eh, whatever. No, she basically was just like, "What would it be cheap and easy to shoot? Oh, cavemen! I don't need anything." Is that how it came about? Yeah, she's like, "I just need outside, so I'll just ride a caveman movie." Oh, that's great. Yeah. You don't have to do like, you don't have to light interiors or anything. It's just like, yeah, yeah. outside. Perfect. That's actually a smart prop. That's a good problem solving. Idea. Yeah. No sets, no props, just nature. Wow. <laughs> it's intermission time, folks. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Step right over to our refreshment center for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof. Enjoy breathtaking, mouth-watering goodies. Everything from a snack to a delicious full meal. At our refreshment center, you'll find a large variety of goodies to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, or your sweet tooth. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Visit our refreshment center now. Way down in old Virginia, 300 years ago, Captain John Smith and Pocahontas shot their meat and aged it slow. They smoked it and they spiced it too for flavor at its best. Genuine Smithville barbecue surpasses all the rest. Yes, folks, it's 300 years of tradition and taste you savor when you ask for a Smithfield barbecue, James River brand, at our refreshment center. In each flavorful morsel of meat, you can smell the hickory oak and applewood and taste the rare herbs and spices required for its cure. Here is truly a fresh new taste from an ancient recipe. Oh, go for deep down flavor of the Smithfield country kind. Just step by the clear neighbor, find a taste, and lose your mind. Yeah! Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? God, remember The Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was down oh, on yeah. basic losses. Hey, folks, Frank here. Ah, uh, listen, I'm really sorry. There's no new zoning out this week. Uh, me and Deborah have been stuck in an airport, as you can clearly hear, and uh, we've been snowed in, as you can also clearly hear. <sighs> when does it ever snow in Vegas? <laughs> Jeez. Anywho. Uh, I'm really sorry, but next week we should have something, but it's only because we're stuck at- Oh, no, Pippi, no, 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 Pippi! Okay, I'm sorry, uh, the jig is up. Sorry. No, no, honey, don't bother. They already know it's a green screen. Okay. I'm really sorry for deceiving you, but it's just that none of us have time to record this week, and, uh, and, you know, things are always coming up, and, uh, if I only had more time. Um, hello? Oh. Excuse me, I saw that your door had the ability to open, so I used this crowbar here to pry it loose. Nobody knocks anymore. Um, who are you? Oh, well, my manners. The name's Causality. Henry T. Causality. A traveling salesman. Well, okay. What can I do for you, Mr. Causality? Oh, it's not what you could do for me. It's what I could do for you. I couldn't help but overhear through your locked door that you're having problems with time. Well, right here, I think I have just a thing for you. You okay? Yeah, it's just a little heavy is all. What is it you got there? Looks like a grandfather clock. 
Oh, it's not just any grandfather clock. This one's a special grandfather clock. I don't really have room for a grandfather clock. Oh, you must make room for this grandfather clock. It has the answers to all your problems. And in no way has any kind of ironic implications. No ironic implications here. No, sorry. That's not what Mr. Henry T. Causality sells. <sighs> Can you leave now? I'll be on my way. What is this? It's the big old grandfather clock. Let me fix the time here. What the? Really unique vibe. Um, I, I wonder if I didn't know if Frank hadn't Hey, I'm back recording perchance to dream. This was the funniest moment of the show up to that point. Wow, with this clock, I can revisit all of our funniest moments of the show. Almost like a best of, but not because it's a best of. All right, that's the premise. Let's go with it. Feels so this just felt fresh in a way that the others didn't. Well, it's also the first one in in a while that's not about nostalgia. Yeah, uh, yeah, or, or right. isolation. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was nice. Right. Every little different it's, theme. Yeah, first, yeah, it's like, you know, those are fun to deal with, but every now and again you need my dick don't work no more and I'm so stressed from work. <laughs> <laughs> Get that, that, that cat brought away from me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do nothing with it no how. Get out of here. You're gonna give me a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> That was a little risque for fucking uh, 1959. Yeah. yeah. Just laughing at it. Yeah, him. when she's describing, like, do you want to go inside? It's yeah. dark and cool. I was like, whoa. Oh, hey. What you got going on out there? Take me in there, Edward. It's dark inside. It's soft and cool and dark. Please. How can I argue with a dream? <laughs> What's what going on in this house of mirrors? Talk about. <laughs> you bring all these guys into this German expressionist nightmare? <laughs> Do you bring all the fellas here? <laughs> he actually died of a I would attack. take one yeah. of them blue the pills, actor. but my blood pressure goes crazy from it. You understand? <laughs> damned if I do, damned if I don't. <laughs> She's gonna keep harassing me if, unless I can get it hard. I can't get it hard for her. <laughs> Don't you understand, Doc? Some agitated man just ran into my office screaming about his dick not working. And that went to sleep. Miss Miss Catwoman, could you please call the call the hospital nine one one? Please call an ambulance. <laughs> this guy came running in. He was screaming about his dick, and then he took a nap. <laughs> he started screaming some shot such about his member not working, and then he dropped dead right in front of me. <laughs> Boy, I didn't need this today. <laughs> Poor fuck. Oh, that's right. That I didn't need fuck. this today. <laughs> oh, 
God. <laughs> call the home and tell the leaves us food in the stove. I'm not getting home till late. Oh, Some wacker dude just <laughs> ran in my office. <laughs> this dick. There's gonna be all kinds of questions. This dick. <laughs> oh my god. Oh fucking Christ. <laughs> oh. This episode's an eight. <laughs> Salt seven. Salt seven. Holy shit. Oh, that was so All fucking right. funny. I got, I got to stop. I have nothing left. <laughs> like that poor man. Oh, my God. Great episode. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was fucking... Well, then, if you put it that way, I'm going to raise it up to an eight. <laughs> <laughs> This next bit is from the episode, The Four of Us Are Dying. Everybody in the room starts coming up with the greatest terms for erections that I've ever heard. And I was on the floor. I hope you will laugh as much as I did in this bit. Thank you. It was very busy. But yeah, it seems like, and there was a lot of things happening. That guy never leaves that one block. And there's just everything going on there. Uh, this yeah. was a bizarre episode. Uh, yeah, he uses those incredible powers just to just just to kind of be a creep. Well, he's got that dog in him. He could change it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's trying to get busy. Yeah, I mean that's all. But that's what in he's round using. One. Like, you could do anything. You could change your face to do anything. And what do you choose? It's like I never had a dame like that before. <laughs> never had a tasty dish like that. Right? What the uh, fuck? I, he what was so mean? pumped. That he was oh saying it to himself. God. Yeah, he was outside fucking jumping up and down. Swathing. That guy comes to get a light his cigarette and he's just like, Will you leave me alone? I'm creeping out here. <laughs> like... I'll work down this boner. Oh, Johnny, it's so great to see you. Here, let me light your cigarette. I'll take the light, but you got the wrong guy. I'm real sorry, buddy. I, I thought you were the guy I just seen in the bar. I'm real sorry. Why not a beautiful dame? Why not? I never had a dish like that. I've never been loved like that. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> and to tame this erection I have. Yeah, he walked out of that bar like like with a hunchback, like he was fucking chubbing in the fucking bar over this. He had his hips Christ. high up in the air, his back and his, his arms. Oh. He was on tiptoes. He was showing a lot of ankle. He walked out of there like the N209. Oh, I'm gonna get some grieving. I'm gonna get some grieving box. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, fuck! I said Jesus Christ. But he, he oh. impersonates a dead person, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't think that could backfire? <laughs> she's, yeah. she's, she. It just, she's fine with it. Not even like. Oh, a you're shock. not dead. And it wasn't oh. like. Oh, you're not dead. <laughs> Kiss my neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, you're not dead. Oh, fa fantastic. Oh, so it turns out something different. You're not dead. <laughs> it, it wasn't like he was like gazing at her from afar. He just was like picking some newspaper clips. And, I bet this dead motherfucker's got a hot broad on his arm. Right. All those musicians do.
And the, the excuse that he gave was ridiculous. He's like, ah, it was just my car and my suit. <laughs> oh, guy just had some teeth had the in same his... dentist. Yeah, yeah, a weird line. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> just an incredibly amazing set of coincidences happened. This is from the episode "What You Need," and I brought up at one point. At one point in time, there was a lot of people patting themselves on the back for recognizing that the movie District Nine was about apartheid, and everybody started ripping on me, like, "Who's telling you this?" At the time when this movie was out, and I just was so flustered I didn't bring it up, I was working in film, and you talk about films on film sets, and I worked with a lot of people, and that conversation came up. Thank you. Hey. He became like completely bastardized from what he had wanted, so... Yeah. yeah, he can't do the stories he wants. Un, un, he had to do these stories in the veil of science fiction because if he approached it head on, they wouldn't let it. So it's like, it's, well, well, Mr. Mike Wallace, what the fuck do you <laughs> want me to do? Because I can't do it. I can't do it straight. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> Which is kind of where we are now with movies, right? That's why horror is so strong. Because if you just do this subject as like the poster, it's not going to sell or it'll be on like an obscure streaming service. But if you really want to say something, you got to put it in a specific genre and present it as that so it can actually sell. And that's why science fiction has always been good for that. It's like, you know, it's just it's a good way to like smuggle things. Smuggled in the trunk over the border. Yeah. Did you know District 9's about apartheid? You say that on every episode. <laughs> no, no, we don't do a podcast that that doesn't come up. Because it's annoying. <laughs> you know how many people would come up to me and tell me that? It's, you know what those people remind me of? I think he took his wallet. I think he took his wallet. They're that person. <laughs> Back to the Future too. You know his name, his real name's Mosley. I'm Mosley. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a random person coming up to you on the street <laughs> saying, Pass him by saying it. <laughs> Get away from me, mister. <laughs> Not another one of these. They really just ask him for the time and Frank's just hearing me. He's like, I know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Some poor street vendor trying to give out water. Hey, the guy's the like, guy selling hot dogs. <laughs> the guy's selling churros. <laughs> I know it's about a park dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people used to say that. Like I heard people like like you know, you'd be out and people say, like, you know, it's funny, that's movies about you'd apartheid. You'd be out? Like, <laughs> where are you going? That's true. <laughs> where are you going when those conversations happen? At a cocktail party. <laughs> I was young. I go to young <laughs> I went to... <laughs> Somebody's clicking a glass. Excuse me, and all gathered. Did you know Chick <laughs> died about a five time? <laughs> Attention, everyone. You know why we're here tonight. So I can let you know. I have I an know. announcement. I have an announcement. I know that you know that I know that it's not a part of it. No, I so did fun. go to young people parties at one point. <laughs> and that was a popular movie at that time. <laughs> that drives me nuts. <laughs> it really bugs me. How many, was it 20 years later? I'm still fucking complaining about that. It's like Spider-Man 2. 
If this is the best superhero movie ever, he delivers pizza. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, that was obnoxious. It was like that. It was like Ooh. every idiot. Yeah, I was at a lot of parties where they brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Yeah, well, now that you to go to a Spider-Man pizza party <laughs> again. <laughs> Yo, Rob's hosted on District Nine. Is about a part-time party up the street. We should go hit that. They got a keg. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, it hurts to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very bothersome, like this episode. <laughs> Oh, oh man! <laughs> what do we rate it? What's the rating? I I like six. I like six because I I enjoyed it. I thought it was cute. I did not. Like I, I want to give it a seven, but I'm not. I give everything six. a seven. That seems to be the the only number I give out. Six, yeah, it was it was fine. I, I'll, I, give I, it did, I'll give it. I'll give it. Didn't six. blow the doors off the joint, but yeah, you know, it, it didn't bother me. It was just. I like their performances was, were really good. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn bartender. <laughs> oh, that bartender fucking irked me. Hey, say, Mac, did you know District 9 is about a point? <laughs> That's the only- This one's from the episode The Purple Testament, and Chris just fucking just nailed us with this zinger that just completely melted us down. Then we there's a little bit stuff later when we uh, really codified what a pud or a dud is. Enjoy. I got. I was actually surprised by Dick York in this episode. It felt real his performance. I, his was the performance I enjoyed the most in this episode. You could see why he like got like, okay, this guy is gonna be a star. <laughs> then he sees the light on old Dick York's face, and he says, "Listen, you should not go on this mission because you're not meant to make it. You got the light on your face, and a big disgrace." The Japanese gonna put you back in your place. So, putter or dud? What do we got? <laughs> oh, I got a lot of notes on the putter dud thing. I got a lot of positive uh, feedback on the putter dud aspect of the show. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it's a dud. That's strong. It's a chub. It's not a full-on pud. <laughs> it's midway. Yeah, it's midway. I like yeah. that. It's, it's chub. a chub. It's got a little chub going on. Yeah, you can work with a chub. <laughs> Chris is so disgusted with this whole concept. Because just like what I he was saying it to Terrible. himself. <laughs> I was on my couch before saying it to myself. I said, "Is this a pod or a dub?" My wife looked at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I had to Try explain. Kind of the, on the show. I, I said, "I do." I had to explain the whole dick rating system. She said, "You guys don't rate it by cigarettes anymore." I said, "Oh no, that's gone." That didn't take. Uh-huh. That didn't take. Uh-huh. Puds uh-huh. or duds, though. That really. Uh, yeah. It caught people's, people's like imaginations. <laughs> people like that. It's catching. Catching fire in the streets. Oh man, we need just like a graph. It's like just much... sl- a slowly erecting penis as yeah. it gets up. One, a zombie arming penis that until like... it gets to the you know 
Pud from a dud. Uh, Do you remember uh, Siskel and Ebert? Like at the end, they would just show the movie, and then the bottom, it's like two thumbs up. Yeah. That's what we got to do at the end. It's like the chubs are like halfway up. Yeah, two rigid dicks. It's like, it's like the dick from uh, from Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I watched that recently because it's on HBO Max now. Oh, it's the, uh, one of the best movies oh, I've ever made. It destroys me. How you doing, doll? Both of you together uh, one at a time. That's the fucking... Oh, go ahead. Walk all over. <laughs> But it's really some of the funniest. Come on, shelf paper. Malt liquor. Oh, come on. That's why I say, come on, shelf paper. I say it all the time. Yeah. I have my wife saying it now. Come on, (laughs) shelf paper. I mean, the part where they're walking, it's like kind of like a montage romantic stroll, and then they just end up in like a totally different state. (laughs) I saw that literally in like four (laughs) different things. I love that bit. I love that bit. Where the hell are we? Where the hell are we? Oh, hey, so Johnny, great. could Al buy her a couple bullets? We're a little short. Ah, we're a little short here. Oh, damn, Al's going to be pissed. Well, maybe Al should stay home tonight. You weren't very nice to her, Johnny. You weren't very nice to her, Johnny. I love that domestic stuff. Oh. It's just like if gangsters live together, they would borrow a couple bullets. Like, what child logic is that? You shouldn't hang me on a hook. I mean, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> this Joe is Piscopo. his defining role. He, My mother yeah, hung me on a hook once. Once. I fulfilled a lot of people's expectations about me. I've become a real scumbag. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you fuck. This one's from the episode Judgment Night. Often with the show, which is ostensibly about Twilight Zone, we tend to go on to other topics. And this is when we just went into a whole tangent about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it was a lot of fun. Enjoy. It's tough because we're watching this like in chunks, and we watched this one in the previous episode back to back, and that episode's like a rocket ship. <laughs> I'm not gonna go back into it, but I kind of run shrieking into a rocket, doctor's a rocket office. ship that doesn't work. <laughs> Why you gotta <laughs> remind me? Oh my ticker! A limp um, rocket ship. And this one, this guy's yeah, you know, just kind of a befu- He just it, it. There's just not a not a dramatic oomph. It's just a guy being befuddled for the at a dinner table for the first half, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it all pays off beautifully. It's just not a, it's not a grabber like uh, the last episode. Do you guys know the actor, the lead actor? Do you know what else he was in? Uh, he was in a lot of stuff. He was in Twins. There you go. Hmm. He created the Twins in Twins. He's a doctor from Twins. <laughs> He's a doctor. He He just died, that man. Oh, in 2022, did? in April, he was 102 years old. Oh my! Goodness. Oh my God! He has longevity. That guy. Mitchell uh, says, "Well, Vincent, you turned out just like I <laughs> thought you would. What'd you do? Escape from prison?" Vincent says, "How'd you know my name?" Mitchell says, "I named you from a little movie called Twins." Beautiful. I love that movie. He's also Papa Mouskowitz in the American Tale movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Mouskowitz. That might be the best name ever. Can I give you the other Mitchell line from Twins? This is what yes, he says please. to this is what he says to Danny DeVito. Wrong. The embryo did split in two, but it didn't split equally. All the purity and strength went into Julius. All the crap that was left over went into what you see in the mirror every morning. <laughs> God, that's horrible. My back teeth are wiggling. 
<laughs> you don't scrub the kitchen floor. Take out your papers and your trash. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrub the kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak, yakety yak. Don't talk back. Money. <laughs> Got it. That was of uh, the three Ivan Reitman. Let's put Schwarzenegger in embarrassing situations comedy uh, trilogy. That's like my favorite of his. Kindergarten Cop and uh, Kindergarten Cop's pretty fucking strong, actually. It takes a little oh, while yeah. to get going. You can't so beat Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, comedy. Kindergarten Cop's pretty yeah. good. Now I take it back. We'll, we'll all agree though that uh, Junior is pregnant. Uh... Junior is not very good. <laughs> no, we're gonna, we forget about that. No. One. <laughs> I mean, even though it's Danny DeVito's back. It should have been a home run. It's like bring them like they just brought the band back together from twins, and it's like this should kill. Yeah, and then it really wasn't. <laughs> You're my brother. I love you. It's just <laughs> it's so creepy. Imagine a hulking Austrian just comes up to you, <laughs> and you're a piece of shit. Like they, you know, you're my brother. I love you. <laughs> Get away from me. I understand. Danny. I sympathize with Danny DeVito, this smiling lunatic. <laughs> just keeps seeking me out. <laughs> smiling lunatic. That was a really good uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I could do that his low good. voice. That's it. I can't. I can't do the yell that everybody does. Stop it! I, yeah, I can't do that. I could do. Nice to meet you. Like stuff like that. I could do. <laughs> My CPU is a neural net processor, a learning computer. Like I could do that kind of thing. The lower register Schwarzenegger. I could do. <laughs> Rubber baby Bobby Bunkers. <laughs> wait, wait, no, is it? Rubber baby Bobby Bunkers. I can't even tell. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Uh, famous comedian, Arnold Braunschweiger. Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> I hope you have enough room for my fiscal gun to ram it into your stomach. <laughs> Remember the days of the Arnold soundboards? The Arnold soundboards. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, that was peak internet. Yeah. Listening to some internet. of those phone calls. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. May I kiss you? Yeah. Yes, I would like yeah. to have a room, please. You would like to do what? I'm sorry? Yes, correct. Okay, I'm sorry, so I wasn't understanding. What is it that you're trying to do? Yes, I would like to have a room, please. A room? Yes. We don't reserve for rooms, sir. This is Hunkmania. It's uh, male dancers. Yeah. What do we got to do? That perform at our club. I'm what sorry? What do we got to do? What do we have to do? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! When he when he's ordering a computer from like That's Gateway the, or something, the best fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, Still um, to this day. What kind of computer do you have? My CPU is a neural net processor. A learning computer. <laughs> a learning computer. <laughs> is this is this computer for a home or office? Yes, for your home. Yeah. And then they just go. Uh, well, but after he after he does the neural net processor, a learning computer, she just goes. Okay. Uh, is this for you? <laughs> you lack discipline. Do I uh, like discipline? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they just keep repeating. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it's, ah, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> Whoever did, because like, nobody, like, that was like the beginning of like yeah. people using soundboards before yeah. it became like mm -hmm. people know expected. So nobody knew what the fuck was going on. No. I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a cop, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my god. You man. son of a bitch. Just How are you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My favorite is his yeah that they always use because he sounded like mildly confused when he said it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I need an own soundboard. This last bit I'm going to leave you with is new content. It's from our show Draft Class. Uh, this is for a, a draft that hasn't come up yet. I don't want to spoil anything from that. John might be a little bit mad at me for using this because this is really that's really his show. But this one I'm kind of I have on my computer. It is one of the funniest things that has ever happened where we were inconsolable. This is one of those times where I wish I had I could show you guys the video for it. I might at one point do that because you got to see our faces are purple from laughing so hard. This is probably, no, this is the, my favorite bit that we've done so far on all of our shows. Uh, hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And oh yeah, the clock was evil or something. I really didn't really have anywhere to go with that. I had a whole thing written, but I'm tired. So just enjoy this last bit. Thank you. Does it? <laughs> No. Ed, why are you dressing up My as a God. woman again? Why is grandpa? It's like Colonel on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather Our grandfather used to dress in drag on My New Year's Eve. My mom and my aunt really? would uh-huh. always take my grandfather what? on New Year's that. Eve and dress him up as a woman. And he would come down at midnight and say, Happy New Year to everybody, dressed in his gra- his in his and great grandma's nightgown. Yeah. My, and my, that was the only time. Why did our mom do drag? that to him? I don't know. <laughs> Our moms would always do this to him. They would always always then he him. just started doing it himself. He just started liking it. Well, yeah, I think he, this was <laughs> nice Year's to Eve. shine. Well, I mean, I support it. I, yeah. I, I will not, you know, but um, <laughs> I feel kinda, like I've learned a lot today. Kind of a part of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wait, like I've, I've come into a new group and now I know stuff that <laughs> I just, didn't know before. Now that you brought that up, it is odd that our grandfather would dress up as a woman and start coming on to all the men in the room every New Year's Eve. And that was like a thing we all did. And it was just odd. Like, why did we do that? Like, we, nobody questioned. He's like, oh, grandpa's, oh, like grandpa's, grandpa's doing again. the thing again. When he's truly like, no, I'm I'm in love with every man in this yeah. room. And the well, only way I can... to it. He didn't fucking go halfway. The only way oh, I can no. express it is dressed as a woman. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Oh, my God. I think it was just years of the abuse of my, my mom and our, our mom's gave to him. He's just like, this is me now. They broke him. Can He's you guys like... please write a film and put this in it? Like, that is gold. That's Why gold. Why did he do this? <laughs> Grandpa. Grandpa. We'll never know. Yeah, that's we'll just never a weird know. thing. It's just like, you know, that might sound weird when you say it out loud. Like, it's funny. <laughs> that's a question that will forever be asked. Oh, my God. I love it, though. God. Oh, no one, no one better than I. Yeah, it's like, oh, here it goes. The time. Here it comes Where's again. Grandpa? What's he coming to What's he going to play with Grandpa? <laughs> You're growing into such a big, strong boy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God. oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> <sighs>
What? It was the plot of Mrs. Doubtfire too. It just reminded me of another weird, uh, weird thing that happened to Grandpa. He was at McDonald's, and that guy offered to blow him. (laughs) He came home so afraid. Some man, some young man, says, "Hey, I want to take you in the bathroom and suck your dick." And I was like, "Excuse me, I don't get you." He told them. I don't care. An old Italian guy he just doesn't understand. Okay, what's this? How's that? How's that? <laughs> I don't get you. It's not New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's so oh funny. my god! Oh shit! <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <Just> dead. <laughs> oh my god, that is so fucking funny. Ooh. Oh Jesus. Oh. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.